Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. And welcome back. We've taken up the name of God that is El, spelled in English E-L, and its plural form, which is Elohim, spelled in English E-L-O-H-I-M. We find this all throughout the Old Testament over 2,000 times. This is the most simple name by which God is named, and it has the sense of being first. The Hebrew name El tells us that the one true and living God is supreme power, strength, and might. He is the exalted one, creator of heaven and earth and the Almighty. This is a name that God goes by, but it is not really his proper name. The reason is that Elohim is also used in the scripture for gods, small g meaning pagan gods, and s meaning plural, multiple gods. As we saw, it is even used of idols. So we have Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. But we also have multiple biblical texts in which Elohim refers to a god, or gods, or idols. This led us to ask, how is it that Elohim can be both a name for the God, capital G, the God of the Hebrews, and at the same time a name for the gods, small g, and idols of pagan people like the Canaanites. Doesn't this seem odd and even confusing as to why God uses this name? It does, unless you understand that God speaks in human language, and he takes this name for a pagan god and he uses it for himself after He has cleansed it of its idolatry and packed it with his truth. I will say more about this, but first we want to understand the land of Canaan and the Canaanite people, especially their religious language. Until we understand this, we cannot answer our question about the origin of the name El, as in Elohim. You may remember that God promised the land of Canaan to Abraham in Genesis 17, verse 8. God says, I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Let me read from a study Bible I have here the historical facts on this land, people, and language. The land of Canaan was recognized in ancient Near Eastern sources. Canaan culture and religion are reflected in late Bronze Age literature in a place called Ugarit. I'm going to say more about this place later. Ugarit, spelled U-G-A-R-I-T. The derivation of the name Canaan is uncertain. It may stem from the Semitic root denoting to be low, For example, lowlands. It has been suggested that the word originally meant merchants, based on the usage in Samari and Egyptian texts, as well as in certain biblical passages in which the word for Canaanite can also be rendered trader. 
The Canaanite language was a mixture of various related dialects. Although it appears there was a higher literary style, all Canaanites shared in common. Ancient Hebrew is essentially a variety of the related Canaanite dialects, while standard biblical Hebrew is probably closely related to the literary Canaanite form. And I will also say more about this. Finally, if you can picture a map of Israel in Bible times and the Middle East today, the northern border of Canaan extended to Tyre and Sidon, veering inland. The eastern border was just east of the Sea of Galilee and along the Jordan River to the Dead Sea. The southern border passed from the Dead Sea through Kadesh Barnea in the northern Sinai Peninsula, and the Mediterranean Sea formed its western border. Close quote. When we talk about Canaan, we are talking about God's promised land. And this was and is an extraordinarily important and strategic place among the peoples and powers of the world. Now let's circle back and talk about the place Ugarit. Located in modern-day Syria, Ugarit was a prominent city-state that flourished during the second millennium B.C., It was discovered in 1929 and yielded much that has enabled archaeologists and historians to understand its influence. And here is what interests us. Around 2000 BC, Semitic Canaanites migrated to and settled in Ugarit and brought with them an ability to function well in trade and commerce. Because of this and other factors, Ugarit became a crossroads where culture and learning met. And listen to this. Among the amazing finds there, other finds of which I am not taking time to tell you about, archaeologists found 1,300 inscriptions in a Western Semitic language called Ugaritic. Quoting now, This was a Northwestern Semitic language closely related to Hebrew, and similar to the language of the Canaanites. And you will remember that some Canaanites have migrated to Ugarit. Ugaritic language employed an alphabetic cuneiform. That is, they used cuneiform signs to represent individual letters. And this is preserved in approximately 1,300 administrative, economic, and religious documents from the 14th to the 13th centuries B.C. This Ugaritic language has significantly improved our understanding of Hebrew grammar and vocabulary. Some scholars, in fact, have used Ugaritic poetry to try and decipher some of the more difficult passages in biblical poetry. Now, here is what really interests us. The tablets that have been found and deciphered include texts of mythological and religious elements. The deities mentioned cover the pantheon of Canaanite and Ugaritic gods and goddesses, and the highest deity bore the name El, the father god. And, listen, his consort or partner was Atherat, a sea goddess known in the Old Testament as... Asherah. Aha! Now we are cooking. We're really on to it. This connection between El, used among the Canaanites, 
and El used by the God of the Hebrews. Asherah, the name of the goddess, and Asherim, poles, will ring a bell if you read the Old Testament, passages like Jeremiah 17. When the Israelites fell into idolatry in Israel and Judah, they used Asherim poles or trees for worship that God finds disgusting and sinful. And the Israelites took this false worship from the Canaanites. Quoting the scholars again, The Canaanite goddess Asherah is well attested in the text from Ugarit, where she is portrayed as the consort or partner of El and the mother of other gods. Jeremiah's condemnation of idolatry in Judah, particularly of the type associated with the Asherim, is illuminated by a cache of inscriptions found at a site 31 miles south of Kadesh Barnea in Sinai. Especially enlightening are three texts that say, I bless you by Yahweh of Samaria and by his Asherah. I bless you by Yahweh of Teman and by his Asherah. And to Yahweh of Teman and his Asherah. The Asherah cited may be the same wooden cultic object so frequently mentioned in the Bible. The use of the term here provides first-hand evidence for an idolatrous merging of Yahwistic faith and is a reference to a goddess, a supposed consort of Yahweh. This is Canaanite paganism, precisely the type of idolatry and syncretism that Jeremiah was attempting to combat. End quote. I gave you the background on Canaan and the Canaanite people related to Ugarit and the Ugaritic language in order to show you where we find El being used elsewhere for the name of a supreme god. And as it turns out, also Asherah. That was bonus. You see, what the God, the God of the Hebrews does is he uses human language and the language of the Canaanites in this case and he employs that language for use in revelation to his people, the Israelites and Das, revelation for what his name is, for who he is. Well, let's end by hearing from Hebrew language scholar Dr. Bruce Waltke. I really want you to hear what he says. We must understand that God reveals himself through human languages. For much of the Old Testament period, God revealed himself through the Canaanite dialect that eventually became Biblical Hebrew. To employ a language means to employ its metaphors, imageries, and terminology. God adopts the Canaanite religious terminology as El and fills it with truth. That this name of God is the same name as of the Canaanite high God does not mean that the Canaanites and Israelites equated these deities any more than we would not differentiate between two people bearing the same name. The depraved character of the Canaanite El differs radically from the holy God of the Bible. Close quote. I am only showing you where else El as a name for God is used, where it came from. I am in no way equating God with false gods and idols. Just as the God of the Bible, when he uses Elohim for his name in Genesis 1-1, is not comparing himself to the Canaanite god El, 
Rather, he is sharply contrasting himself. And he is saying, I am the creator of the heavens and the earth. I am the Elohim. More next time, because God is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.